Hey friends, I have a new ad partner that I think you're going to love because I already love them. And that is Stitch Fix. Stitch Fix sends style so good that you can feel it. They deliver all the confidence that comes with a truly amazing outfit without any of the work. With Stitch Fix, you get a stylist who understands your style, your size, and your budget, and they do all the shopping for you. It's the easiest way to transform your wardrobe. I feel like they just get me. They do get you. They just knew what would look right on me, and I hate taking stuff out. Yes. So it's like Christmas when you open that box, and you're like, how did you know? Exactly. It is Christmas, and I cannot wait till my next one. So go ahead, take the leap, do Stitch Fix, get your own personal stylist, and feel as bougie as we do these days using Stitch Fix, but not for a crazy price because they get your budget. Get started today at stitchfix.com slash naked. That's stitchfix.com slash N-A-K-E-D. Stitchfix.com slash naked. Hello and welcome back to the Naked Marriage Podcast. We are Dave and Ashley Willis. And on this podcast, we address the truth about sex, intimacy, and lifelong love. And we are continuing on in our series called Naked and Healthy, which is based on our book, Naked and Healthy, which is available now at nakedandhealthy.com. And today we're going to talk about how we handle going through a spiritual slump. Yes. And you might think, what does that even mean? Well, stick around. You're going to find out. And thank you, by the way, for those who've already read the new Naked and Healthy book or listened to the audio book, which we had so much fun recording. Uh, It just means a lot that you guys would check that out and your kind words, your kind feedback. We're just honored to know that it's making a difference in your lives and in every part of your health. And so today we continue those themes, again, talking about sort of the spiritual aspect of health and what it means to be in a spiritual slump and how to get out of it. So let's dive in. As we're talking about being naked and healthy in all parts of life, I think one thing we have to acknowledge is there are going to be times when you just fall into a slump. And a slump is when you're in a consistent groove that's going pretty well, but then for whatever reason, you find yourself in a negative groove that you just can't seem to break out of. If you ever played baseball or were a baseball fan growing up, I was. And sometimes one of my favorite pro players would get in a batting slump, which means they're normally a good hitter, but they would go games and games without getting a hit. And it was just a a negative streak they couldn't quite snap out of. And we all have times in life in marriage when we get in one of those negative streaks. So in Naked and Healthy, we've been talking about marriage health within the context of our mental health, physical health, and spiritual health. And on this episode, we want to talk about the spiritual health aspect of things, specifically through that lens of what do you do when you're in one of those slumps, when you just feel like, you know, things aren't working the way that you want, or maybe it, it feels like your faith has just kind of grown cold and you can't really put a, a finger on why, or like your your prayers are hitting a, sing, a ceiling and bouncing back. And, and even though you know God's with you all the time, maybe he just feels distant right now and you're not sure what to do with that. And I think that's something everyone can relate to. Even in the Bible, the heroes of faith all experienced, you know, what's often in the Bible called a wilderness Mm -hmm. season or or time. Maybe you feel like you're in the wilderness right now. And what do we do with that? No, it it, it is, it can be a, a turning point for good or bad, you know, when you're going through this, because whenever we're in a spiritual slump, we feel very weary. We just feel worn down by life. I think sometimes we fall into the spiritual slump because maybe we feel like God's not hearing our prayers or not answering our prayers in the way we would like, or maybe life has just thrown us a hard set of circumstances and we didn't do anything to bring it on. And we're just like, 
you know, we kind of get angry at God and we're like, God, why are you allowing this to happen? You know, why us? Why, why are we getting this lot in life right now? And we can start, you know, really being frustrated, but then the, the frustration can turn into really kind of feeling sorry for ourselves and we can process it differently. And we've talked about this before, but, you know, as a husband and wife, we can process that frustration differently. And what can happen though, is we can turn it against each other. Yeah, and, yeah. and that's a really hard place to be because then we get messages you know, from people where they're saying, my husband says he's not sure if he even believes in God anymore because of everything we've been going through. Or my husband doesn't, you know, my wife doesn't think church is important anymore because the people at church let us down and um, they weren't there for us, you know, when my mom passed away and, uh, and and so we just don't think we need to go back to church anymore. I mean, we get a lot of these messages and I just wanna say right out of the gate, you know, those things are devastating. I mean, those things are, you know, I'm not, I'm not taking away from the fact that these seasons are disappointing and, and sometimes devastating and can really break our hearts, you know, and, and you gotta own the fact that it wasn't what you wanted. That's okay. Sure. But I think when we sit in that too long, that's when we, we, we kind of find ourselves in a slump because we stop doing those things that we were doing, like reading our Bible, praying, really focusing on the good in our life. We get so hyper-focused on the hard things in our life that we just kind of get jaded. And, and we don't, you know, you don't want to, you don't want to be jaded because then you start making decisions you would have never made before. You're very hard to be around and it can cause a lot of problems in your marriage. Yeah. Yeah, that is so true. So many things can lead into that. I think sometimes it, it can happen through our own choices. Oh, you know, yeah. we make conscious decisions to step into sin and sin is a natural way to separate us from God and from the good things he has for us and will inevitably lead to a spiritual slump, even though no matter what sin we might be in, we can always at any point turn back yeah. to the grace of God and we can confess and repent and he is faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us and give us a fresh start, but we have to stop walking in that sin. You know, you, you can't, um, I, I heard a pastor say, you can't, you can't live in sin and, and the devil's sin and expect God to pay the rent. Or I, I forget exactly how it went, but it sounded better when I heard it, actually. But I think if we're walking, if we're making choices we know are apart from God, um, it's going to just lead us into that slump. Other times, that slump, that wilderness can come through no fault of our own. It can just be life circumstances when life gets really hard and we yeah. just feel weary and exhausted. I think, uh, you know, collectively through, uh, you know, what we've all experienced collectively together with, uh, you know, with with COVID-19, I think that reset the way church is seen by a lot of oh, folks because yeah. churches had to close for, gosh, for so, so long. And, and you know, some folks got out of the habit of going mm -hmm. and then never got back into the habit of, of going, or they just, they felt like they were on an island at a time when they needed faith and they needed community the most. And that can certainly lead into a slump. But the, the bottom line is, however you got there, you don't need to beat yourself up for how you got there, whether right. whether yes. it was something you caused or whether it was just a set of circumstances completely out of your control. You just need to ask first and foremost, like, Lord, what do you need me to do right now in this season of my life? What do you yes. want me to learn? What do you want me to experience? How do you want me to respond? And show me what it means to be faithful, walking with you, living in spiritual health in this season of my life. Um, lead me out of this wilderness, out of this slump as quickly as you can. Uh, but sometimes, you know, there are some seasons where that that wilderness, you know, it, uh, even Jesus himself experienced wilderness that God himself wants us to experience that because he wants to teach us something in the wilderness that we perhaps could not have learned about him any other way. 
You know, it's so true. And there, we've definitely had wilderness seasons. And I will say that when you turn to God in the wilderness season and allow Him to lead you out of it, instead of just sitting there and trying to figure it out on your own, I think the the trying to figure it out and, and you know, just taking, pulling it apart mentally and trying to figure out what happened, what went wrong. And that can, that can really exhaust us and take yeah. away our energy and can kind of turn us away from God when really we just need to go to God and say, God, help us, you know? But when we walk through those, those wilderness seasons together and really focus on the Lord and what He has for us, we, we, it, it's a strengthening. I mean, like you, you gain kind of some spiritual muscle, so to speak, through that season that you wouldn't have otherwise gained. Now, with saying that, no one loves being in the wilderness. Like, no, you don't have like to. You want to get out of there as fast as possible. No one loves being in a slump. It doesn't feel good, um, you know. But I do think that when we don't go to God with it, and we also don't go to each other with our frustration, you know, just speaking about our frustration, not taking, you know, taking out our frustration on our spouse. We certainly don't want to do that. But when we don't like go to our spouse and we're not honest about kind of how it feels and what we're going through and leaning on each other. That, that is a really tough place to be. And I think, again, we can start feeling sorry for ourselves. We can get really jaded. We can start, you know, just having an all-around general negative attitude. But one thing, one very simple way to help move you out of the wilderness and move you closer to God and closer to your spouse is to really reach out and help someone else. And there is such power when you're going through a hard season and you feel like you're in a slump to look for ways to help somebody else. And it doesn't have to be a grand gesture. It could be the simplest thing as thinking about any of your friends that are going through a hard time and shooting them a text and saying, yeah. I was thinking about you today. How are you? And how can I pray for you? You know, I'm I'm feeling kind of weird right now and I'm not necessarily, you know, this isn't the closest I've been to God in a long time, but... I'm here for you and I know that that God loves you and how can I help you? I'm telling you there's such power in that or even like going and serving somewhere like a soup kitchen or you know just just getting out of your own stuff enough to see that other people need help too. And I know this may sound kind of weird and maybe it doesn't make sense but I'm telling you, this is biblical. It really is because I think that when we are uncomfortable and we're feeling a little jaded, we can become very self-focused. We really can. And we don't mean to necessarily, sure. but we do. And so it's important that that we that we try to do something nice and, and caring for, for someone else. And, and you'd be so surprised at how God uses that to really get your heart and your mind in the right place. He really does. Serving others is an antidote for so much of the frustration and discouragement yeah. and spiritual slump that we face in life because selfishness is an enemy of, of spiritual health. Mm -hmm. It really is. The more self-focused we are, usually the more miserable we become. Mm -hmm. uh, God designed us to serve. Jesus modeled this. He said, you know, this, this is what I'm about. I, I came to serve. In fact, greatness in my kingdom isn't about having people who serve you. It's about you serving other people. You know, he washed his disciples' feet. He was present with the crowds to, to heal the individuals and to encourage and to, and to be present and with people in his life who had no way to repay him. And he modeled that as, as the highest way to live. He yeah. said, that's what we need to be about as his church, as his hands and feet, his body here on this earth. And when we do it, um, it's counterintuitive. You think that as you serve other people that you would, you would be you know, miserable because you're not focusing on your own needs. But the truth is, yes, we have to focus on our own needs, but 
most of us are hyper-focused on our own needs and we're not at all focused on the needs of those around us. And when we will look beyond ourselves, even look beyond our own families, even though we obviously need to serve our families and look to the community around us and look to those who who might be in need, whether it's a friend we haven't talked to in a long time that we could you know, reach out and send them a message, like Ashley said, letting them know we're praying for them and thinking about them, or whether we're rolling up our sleeves and doing something in our community to, to serve other people. Those simple acts of kindness and faith, it's like God uses that somehow. And, and it's, a, it's a spiritual mystery exactly how it works, but, but I know that it does work, yes. that when you're serving others, you're unleashing you're unleashing God's blessing in your own life, yeah. not just in their life, those you are serving, but in your own life too. And it, I don't think there's anything that'll pull you out of a slump faster yeah. than serving somebody else. Well, you're you're doing what the word says of being the, being the hands and feet of Jesus, and you kind of are you, you kind of put yourself right there on the front lines of helping others, you know, to 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 know that there's hope. And you could you could say, okay, that's all fine and good, Ashley, but. Is it kind of phony if I'm in a slump and I'm going and trying to be the hands and feet of Jesus? And I would say, no, you're just a human, okay? Because none of us always have all the right feelings, you know? I mean, your feelings are gonna be all over the place. But when you move towards what you know God would have you do, and that is loving your neighbor, that is serving, you know, people in your, your community, you're being the hands and feet of Jesus and that's moving yourself towards God. I remember one time when I was in Christian counseling, um, you know, just dealing with some stuff. I've been on and off throughout the years. It's such a healthy thing. I remember her saying, you know, Ashley, you know, you doing what you know you need to be doing is like, it's like, you know, the train is kind of your feelings sometimes, but you need to, the tracks are are those actions you're taking. You're going to tell your feelings kind of where to catch up because sometimes your feelings in a slump season, they're just not, they can't be your guide. You know, we've talked about that before. They're not your compass, but you do know from the word, uh, you do know what, what God would have us do. Like the simple things that we know are part of our Christian walk. And when you do those things, you will find that your mind and your heart will eventually catch up. And so it's important that we don't just completely stop doing those things. And, you know, we've had seasons. I remember one time, I I had um I I I uh, became a Christian at twelve. Got very involved at my home church and um, was serving, you know, for many years in the youth group. And then I got on the worship team. And there was something that happened on the worship team where I didn't feel as valued, and I was kind of being pushed aside, essentially. And it really hurt my feelings. I mean, I was like devastated because I this is where I became a Christian. I, I felt very misunderstood by the people around me, and it just deeply wounded my pride too. I think it was a pride issue really more than anything. And I remember kind of having this little tantrum in front of Dave, like just, no, it's not fair. And I've been here for this many years, blah, 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 blah. Just kind of throwing myself a pity party. And I remember my my parents were there too. And they're kind of looking at me because I was like crying and kind of silly about it. And um, I mean, it was okay to have my, you know, I had my feelings hurt. I was processing it. But I remember in that moment, um, Dave was just like, sweetie, you know, listen, this isn't the only church where we can serve or where you, if you want to be on the worship team, you can sing at other churches. And, and he was like, you know, I know we love this place, but it looks like right now, maybe we're not needed here. We need to open up our eyes and see where we can serve because it sounds like we really want to serve. And I was like, I don't know, it's got to be here. And so for like, (laughs) for several months, we're just like trying to find a spot to serve in this church. And eventually 
we we hear that there's this other church that's across town that was really looking for for volunteers, especially in their youth department. And Dave and I kind of had a heart for that. And we eventually ended up serving there. And really got what God, God used a season that kind of had bruised my pride, hurt my feelings. And and probably your your faith. And, I mean, and, you, Oh, no, it was a little you, bit of a crisis of, I mean, not like I. Yeah, I mean, you didn't. I, I believe in the, it wasn't like a crisis of belief, but it was. Like, God, where are you in this? I was this? a little bit disappointed I was discouraged. <laughs> yeah, like I'm here, I'm yeah. serving you and you're trying to use my gifts for and your glory. And all of a sudden and, you're like, nope, we don't need you. <laughs> But but as God always does, he used that wilderness to lead us into a new promised land, right? Because we, a place we never would have considered, that church across town that we we knew nothing about, we never would have really considered it. We were open to it. And and that church, um, we were able to plug in right away and start serving in the youth ministry. And we ended up making some lifelong friends there. It really just prepared our hearts for really awesome. for everything we've done since yes. in ministry and work. And, and now even what we're doing in marriage ministry is working with those kids, talking to them about healthy relationships, yeah. you know, what it was teaching us as we were serving, as we were learning from, you know, some of the kind of the mentor couples who were there uh, older than us. And wonderful mentor Wonderful couples. people. Yeah. And it was that, that several year period ended up being um, one of the most precious seasons of our entire life in ministry. You know, our first first son was was born while we were still doing their part of that. And they, they celebrated that life milestone with us. Um, it was just a wonderful time. And it it is what made us decide and made us really solidify that calling God had placed on our hearts to, to really give our lives to ministry. Yeah. We didn't know what that was going to look like. And we didn't stay in youth ministry lifelong, but um, but it, it, it did so much for us. And I think that yeah. had we gotten our way, you know, if you'd have just kept singing on the worship team at the same church where you'd grown up, I don't think that we would have ever stepped out no. and and done some of the things that God has called us to do. We wouldn't even know what we're missing. No. And so disappointment, those disappointments, those little slumps very often are the very things God will use yes. to create a turnaround moment and to open a door for you that you may have never walked through because you were so comfortable where you were. Right. And so don't look at a slump always as a punishment or as, you know, like God just slamming doors in your face. Everything God allows into our life, he does for our good and for his glory. And even if it doesn't feel good in the moment, even, you know, even if it doesn't feel good, it's it's still something he can use for our good and his glory if we'll trust him with it. And and part of the, you know, one of the best parts of our faith that we have is that all of our all of our pain is temporary. No matter yeah. what tragedy you you might face, no matter what loss, no matter what setback, Every bit of pain you ever face in this life, even death itself, is a temporary setback because we have life eternal with Christ where there's going to be no more closed doors and no more setbacks for eternity. And so in this life, when those setbacks happen, just remember, God's going to use this for my good and I just have to trust him. I love learning. I know that sounds nerdy and dorky, but I just love learning. I love understanding history and how things fit together and what's happening in the world. But if you're like me, you're busy and it's hard to learn. It can be expensive to learn. Maybe you want to keep learning and growing. You're like, I don't know how to fit that into my schedule. I got the perfect solution for you. And it's Hillsdale College. Hillsdale College is a world-class accredited university that's offering some of their core courses for free. I mean, absolutely free. They're just wanting to spread knowledge here. I'm telling you, it sounds too good to be true, but it really is true. They're making it possible for you to learn about world economics and things like ancient Christianity, which I highly recommend. It's an 11 lecture course where you study the inspiring stories of Christ and his apostles 
and the faithful ones throughout the first centuries of Christianity, plus learning the, the basics of Christian apologetics. And guys, you can do this for free. You're, I'm so excited about what Hillsdale does. I love their commitment to faith and values, and you can take part in this by going to hillsdale.edu naked to enroll at no cost. And it's easy to get started. It's H-I-L-L-S-D-A-L-E dot E-D-U slash N-A-K-E-D to register. That's hillsdale.edu slash naked. One goal we've had as a family lately is to try to just eat healthier. And junk is sometimes more convenient. And we're eating unhealthy, not because we want to, but it's just because it's what's easy to grab. But then came along Thrive. That's right. Thrive Market is helping us in really simple, practical ways. And as a Thrive Market member, we save money on every single grocery order. On average, we save over 30% each time, which I mean, I don't know about you, but I love saving money. They even have a deals page that changes daily and always has some of our favorite brands, which right now we are loving the Hum brand, Zero Sugar Kombucha. And so check those out. Go to Thrive Market, join in on the savings with Thrive Market today and get 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. Go to thrivemarket.com slash naked for 30% off your first order plus a free $60 gift. That's Thrive, T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash N-A-K-E-D, thrivemarket.com slash naked. Absolutely. And I will say just a little bit more about that particular season. You know, I didn't, when we actually decided to leave that church, we've been back to that church many times, by the way, we have many friends there and love love that church. We didn't leave like we're stomping out, we're mad at you. We leave you and, and you know, it wasn't that kind no, of no, leaving. Not at all. I was grieving leaving before we actually left because I knew that God was closing that chapter for a season. And it really was hard for me to leave because I... I just, I don't know, you know, I think sometimes when when you're in that wilderness, again, your feelings are all over the place. Sometimes it's hard to know what you're supposed to do. But again, you have to really, really just keep on praying, keep leaning into your spouse and really the Holy Spirit. I mean, we really prayed a lot during that season because it wasn't a quick decision. No. Even, you know, after the worship team thing. I mean, it was it was us really just like, okay, well, maybe worship's not where we'll serve. Maybe we'll serve over here. And through a slew of circumstances, God God really kind of showed us, you know, he opened up, up our eyes to that other church and it was just really great. And um, I just think, I'm so glad Dave was right there because I, I think I would have waited around and maybe not considered it because I was so um, feeling like I just had to make it work where we were. And, you know, I wasn't as open, but but it was so good to, to go and do that. And so in whatever wilderness season you're in, you know, sometimes when you come out the other side, uh, most of the time, I think when you come out the other side, life's going to look a little different, but different isn't bad. You know, different can be good. And it doesn't mean like you're just completely abandoning whatever was before, but it means it's ta- he's taking you into a new season and that's exciting. And it can be scary too, but it's exciting. And and that can really, that can kind of give fresh air to, to the time when you're coming out of that spiritual slump. Because I do remember like when we were in that, and we've had many seasons where we've come out of different slumps, but I remember in that season, it, it was exciting on one hand, but it was also, you know, it was just a little bit, I don't know, my feelings had to catch up a little oh, bit, sure. but they really did. And I am so grateful for that. And I learned so much. I mean, you do, again, you learn 
so much in those hard seasons. And we grew. And we grew so much. And so, you know, if you kind of were listening to this today and and you and you turned it on because you're like, that's me, spiritual slump, haven't picked up my Bible and I don't know how long, haven't haven't even, you know, considered going to church and I don't know how long. And, you know, I know I believe in God, but I haven't really said a prayer and I don't know how long. I want you to know that God still loves you and he's right there. He's been there the whole time. And, you know, just... I encourage you to go back, find find a community of faith, find a, find a church where you can connect with other believers and open up that Bible. You can start really easy, just even if you start in Proverbs, you know, reading one proverb a day, there's so many things you can do to start turning towards the Lord. And don't let shame keep you from doing that. I think the enemy would love to convince you that you've done wrong by being in a slump. Well, I wanna tell you that you're a human being and we go through seasons and God is right there with you and go back to him. He loves you and and he always welcomes us back with open arms. And I encourage you and your spouse to do this because sometimes it's just one spouse that is in this. Sometimes it's both, but I encourage you to bring your spouse into the picture of what you've been experiencing and share with them, be honest about kind of where you are spiritually. And then both of you talk about like, what are some new habits that we can do? Or maybe the old good spiritual habits we had that we wanna bring back into the picture. What can we do now to move ourselves closer to God and one another? And little by little, you'll you'll start to see the difference. You know, it's, it's a process. We don't wanna rush it. You know, it's little by little, but I think that the worst thing we could do is just sit there and feel ashamed and feel like God doesn't love us anymore because that is a lie straight from the enemy. It really is. And so if you are in a slump and one one other scenario, if you're in a slump because you've been hurt by the church, mm, yeah, um, you've been disappointed by people at the church, don't let that make you disappointed with God because yes. people will always disappoint us. Um, but that is not an excuse to spend your life out of church. The church is still God's hope for the world and still his plan, his plan for you to have community and hope and healing. So even if that church hurt you or a person at that church hurt you, don't let that become an excuse to live your life far from God and far from community. Uh, his plan for you is still to to find healing and to even find find healing in the church. It might not be that same church where you got hurt. And and, 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 okay. and I'm talking about hurts a whole lot deeper than you oh, know yes, not making the worship much. team. Some of you have experienced real yes. abuse, real betrayal, and heartbreaking situations. Um, uh, just tragic situations, even criminal situations at times, mm-hmm. and it can be just a devastating. But God wants to bring you back. He wants to bring you back first and foremost to Him, but then He also wants to let you experience healing within His community, within within a healthy church. And so, don't be afraid to to put yourself out there and find a healthy community where you can connect. Is part of part of that. We all need that. Well, that brings us to the Q and A time. Thanks for those who sent questions to us on social media. Uh, You can find us, Dave and Ashley Willis, on Instagram or Facebook. And then the questions we answer here on the podcast are those sent to nakedmarriagepodcast.com. Today's question is this, besides praying, what should be the next steps when my Christian husband admits to having an affair but isn't looking to end the relationship? Do I ask him to leave? Do I act like it isn't happening? I'm not going to give in for a divorce, but don't want to be walked over either. Wow. Um, thank you for, oh, for sharing this. You know, it's a heartbreaking situation. Yeah. You know, our hearts go out to you and we are praying. We're praying for you and praying for him to come to his senses and end this. But here's the deal. You are not, you're not called to have to live in a situation where your husband is is openly 
unrepentantly, defiantly um, violating the vows by being in an active relationship with somebody else. So you can let him know that you want to fight for this marriage. Um, you can encourage him to pursue counseling with you. Um, you can you can offer the grace of saying, I, I'm even now willing to give us a fresh start and really actively pursue this. But right now, your heart is, and mind is confused because that's what sex does. Yes. Sex is binding. It confuses us. When we step out of marriage, um, it, it's going to give him all kinds of you know feelings. Again, feelings are never meant to be followed because yes. so often they're wrong. His feelings for this other woman are actually wrong uh, because his decisions that led to this relationship were wrong. And now his feelings are all mixed up. So he needs to trust God enough to, to repent, to thank the Lord that he's got a, a wife who's willing to forgive him and to actively work at rebuilding your trust and re-earning your trust and pursuing your heart and loving you and adoring you the way that he should have been doing all along. Until he does that, um, there's really not a marriage to save because right now, if he's gonna openly live in this other relationship, I, th- I would say it's it's important to guard your own heart, your yeah. own sanity by saying, you know, I I, I want I want to be in a, in a marriage with you, but I'm not willing um, I'm not willing to, to to share you with another woman, and that's nothing that God would ever call you to do. So if he's not willing to break things off, um, then he's the one who's really choosing a separation at that right. point. It's it's not you. He's already chosen it, and you're just trying to make the best of that of that situation. And um, sweetie, what? Right. Uh, these are these are messy situations. It is. I, you know, I would encourage him and say, first of all, you know. If we're going to stay married, you have to end this relationship. I mean, that, yeah, that's it. That's, I mean, you have to end this relationship. Marriage is between just the two of us, and you've stepped outside. I love you. I'm willing to forgive you, but you must end this relationship. And then I would go a step further, and I would say, and after you end this relationship, I want us to go to a crisis marriage retreat. They offer these all over the United States. Um, we have a lot of different resources at exomarriage.com that can kind of show you some different places to yeah. consider based on where you're located. But I also would definitely encourage you to talk to one of our marriage coaches here at Exo Marriage. You can go to exomarriage.com slash coaches and um, maybe even talk to a Christian marriage counselor in your area. This is crucial because, you know, affairs don't happen overnight. It's little by little. And so, like Dave said, his mind and, and heart are all over the place right now. And clearly, you're brokenhearted, as you should be. And so there's got to be a lot of healing that has to take place. But behaviors have to change, especially on his part because he can't do what he was doing before that led to this affair. And so it's important that you get into Christian counseling, both of you, and I would say individually and together, to kind of process this and and start moving forward towards healing. Um, and, and just know that we're praying for you. I mean, like Dave said, this is... There's so much more to this than what we can answer in a, in a short Q&A, but I just want you to know that that, that we're here for you as a ministry, and uh, I do encourage you to reach out to those marriage coaches and just know that we're in your corner and your husband's corner, like just praying for you and your marriage and just that God would pierce his heart and convict him of how wrong this is and for him to go to you, seek your forgiveness, and then you both move forward together towards healing. Yeah, absolutely. And like Ashley said, we're praying for you and those resources are available to you. And to all of you who are listening, whatever situations you're facing, um, our marriage coaches can be a wonderful resource. These are are trained, gifted, compassionate people who will listen to your story, um, pray with you, offer very practical uh, advice in whatever situation that you're in. And uh, and we're honored to be able to, to serve you in that way. 